Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. I'm bringing a very new prophecy from the Lord. I received this on November the 30th and this prophecy is the Lord showing more of the supernatural things that have been discussed here at the master's voice for quite some years. This is a place where the Lord will teach out of established Christian doctrine, established Christian truth. And at the same time, the master's voice prophecy blog is a place where if you've been following along for a while now, you will see that many things that had been pushed into obscurity in your average Christian church, the Lord is taking those things and expanding them. He's opening them up so that we as Christians can understand that we are not part of a one-dimensional faith. This is not a one-dimensional walk that we are involved in. This is not just a situation of, I go to church on Sunday and then Jesus loves me, this I know. The Lord is waking up the end times church to many things through this blog, through direct prophetic dreams and visions and teachings and revelations that God has entrusted to me and has been giving me since the year 2012 until now, we are in the final month of the year 2023. And so today's prophecy was just, I think it was yesterday, November the 30th, and the title is Look to the Past, Look to the Past. And this prophecy was God showing me that many of us still do not understand the danger of the world that we are living in and the eminence of the world that is to come. So many people in church believe that it's just live in this world, live on earth now with the earthly things that we do. We marry, we fall in love, we go to work, we go to school, we have dreams and aspirations, children are born, people pass away, and that's the cycle of life. And we think that's all there is. And then Christians have an additional above that. Christians believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they know that the Lord has said that he will return and he will take his people to himself. In my father's house are many rooms, many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you of this. So we as Christians have an additional expectation and we live toward that hope. We live toward that faith that one day we will be reunited forever, eternally in joy, peace, complete and total healing, a brand new body with our savior, with our heavenly father, no more pain, no more death, no more weeping. We aspire towards that time. But the Holy Spirit has been saying here on this blog through many dreams that I have taken the time to bring forward, brought forward the visions, brought forward the scriptures to show people that there is clearly going to be an intermediate world, a world of hard impacts where the world that we are used to is going to have a hard head on collision with another world containing others who have an agenda too. These others know that Jesus is coming back. The Bible says of the demons, even the demons believe that Jesus Christ is alive, that he is Lord. Even the demons believe in God and they do tremble. That doesn't stop them from being evil. That doesn't stop them from being wicked. That doesn't stop them from working towards their plans. So they have an agenda. They also occupy a world. And what God is trying to get his people now in this time to understand is before they get to the bit where we are reunited with our Lord and Savior. There is going to come a hard impact period. 
where we are going to transition out of this world as we know it, no matter who likes to hear it or not, we are going to come out of life ordinary as we know it, and we are going to be hard impacted. This means forced, sheepdogged into a different kind of life where our eyes will see things that we can't believe, where our ears will hear things that we can't believe. And that too will be life here down on earth. It won't be another separate transitory place that we go to. It will be right here on terra firma, this very earth that God gave to Adam and Eve and told them that it was their territory and that they should steward and shepherd it. And so the prophecy, November 30th, 2023, look to the past. Um, it has different parts and I'm going to start with the dream. I'm reading from my notes. Some of these things, because I have so many of these different types of dreams, I am going to have to wait on the Lord to see if these things should go on the blog, but definitely they need, you need to know God wants his people to know these things. So I had a dream. I had a dream on Thursday night and I came catapulting out of that dream. So there are dreams that I have and they're distressing. They reveal things that I think I've never seen this before, or I think, Lord, this is very heavy. And I go through those dreams and then I wake up naturally and I wake up naturally and the Lord will be speaking to me and I'm hearing what he's saying and I get my writing things and I write them down. But in this particular dream, I came catapulting out of that dream because some of these dreams will show you things that when you hear it, you can think, oh, that might not be so scary. But once the realization comes on your heart of what it is that you're looking at, you might change your view. And so I dreamt and what I dreamt sent me immediately into prayer in a protective posture, meaning that I sat up immediately saying, no, 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 no. And I anointed myself and I immediately went into prayer. I ended up praying for myself, every single member of my family. They were all covered that night. I sat bolt upright in, in bed and I started praying that no one in my family is going to have this experience, especially those who are older. My parents, I prayed that no one is going to see this thing. I covered them. I covered myself and I was just lifting up prayers for mercy and covering to the Lord. And so it was such a short dream, but if you encounter this in real life, as we certainly will, it will be something else. Anyway, I dreamt that I was at the bank. I dreamt that I was at the bank. And the reason that this dream really hit me is because the day before, so this would be Wednesday, I went to the bank. I went to the bank and I went to see these people that sit in the little cubicle. So I wasn't standing online. I went to see these people that sit in the little cubicles that are called relationship managers. So I went to see a relationship manager and I spoke to him for about 15, 20 minutes. I waited my turn in line, but I wasn't standing in any of the lines. I was sitting in the chairs that they have for such purposes, sat in the chair, saw the man, did what I had to do. And I left. That was the real life experience in this dream. I was at the same bank, but this time I was standing in line to use the cashiers and there were three active lines. And I think I was about person number three in a line of six. So I was a third person from the front in my line with three other people behind me, but the bank was very busy. One line had 10 people. One line had 10 people in it. And another line had about, I would say eight people in it. And then Adding that up with banking staff and stuff like that, we were between, I guess, 25 to almost 30 people in the bank. And you have to admit, that's a lot of activity going on in any banking branch, you know, including the security guards that are walking around and things like that. So everything was fine as it should be. 
And then just casually, I'm standing in line and I turn around just to look around and I see the person behind me. But this man behind me had no pupils. So you can just use me for reference. You're looking at me, I'm looking at you. You can see that I have pupils in my eyes. There's definitely something there in each eye. It's round, it's brown. You can see that my eyes are according to God's standard. This man behind me, casually dressed, he was just wearing a dark colored zip up and um, I don't know, cocky pants and men's boots. And he had no hat on or anything, but the man was standing there and he had his, his hands casually in his pockets in the bank. And from head to toe, he was a man, but his pupils had nothing in them. His eyes were white like that X-Man superhero, the female one that con controls the weather. When she changes, her eyes go white. She rolls her eyes back and then she has no pupils. The one that is called Storm. That's how this man was standing there. And when I saw him, I jerked. So I had a visible reaction. You know, your eyes are gazing and then you come back and you, you rest them for a second on this person. And I had a visible reaction. I jerked. I did a double take. It was very obvious that I had seen this man and it freaked me out what I had seen, but this man was so casual and he stared right back at me with those soulless white eyes. And I looked at him and I quickly turned around as if to say, wait a minute, what's happening here? What's happening here? My heart's beating. And I'm thinking, why is he like that? Is anyone else seeing this? Who can I tell? Who can I tell that this man doesn't have right eyes? And I really was in my head and I was thinking hard what to do because mind you, this man was right behind me. So now I'm even thinking, oh no, he saw me and he saw me have that reaction. And now he can do anything to me at this point because he's seen me. He's seen me. But when I got the courage to turn around, because I had to see this for myself, when I got the courage to turn around again, God was really trying to emphasize this point because what had happened is all the people in the bank, the people in the bank who were like that guy, they began to pop up into hyper reality. So everybody was still in the bank, but then it was as if everybody else who was a human being like me began to sort of fade back and blur. And these people were highlighted to me and they became hyper real. They were more real than the other people in the bank. This is their clothing, their skin, their appearance, and everything about them just seemed to jump out more. And I saw that none of these people had correct eyes. Some of these people had red eyes. So they did have a pupil, but what was in there was just round like a penny and then just one flat color red. If you look in a normal human being's eye, you will see that our eyes are very multi-dimensional. We've got a center bit and then we've got another bit. And most people, everybody's always dark in the middle sometimes, I think, but then most people have an iris that can be any other type of color. But these people just had flat circular red penny eyes that were red. And then a lot of people were like this man. They just had eyes that looked like as if they had rolled back and their eyes were just blank, just white. Many people didn't have any pupils and the worst of all of them were the ones in the bank who had no eyes at all. Please listen to what I'm saying. Kids, those of you who own robots, and when I say kids, I'm talking about everybody who has grown up and used to play with robots, you know that sometimes the robot will come 
with a cut out hole. So to really enhance it, its robot features, it'll come with squares where the eyes are supposed to be. And usually they will put a colored block in there that can light up. But when kids have had that toy for a while, when they've crashed it and bashed it, sometimes the little colored bulbs fall in. And then the robot just has these cut out staring holes. There were people in this bank who didn't even have the courtesy to have eyes. They had nothing. They just had holes. And then the bank went pitch black. All the normal people in the bank disappeared. Every person who was a human being disappeared. And the whole bank just went black and so, so quiet. And at first there was only one light shining in that bank and it was shining right on the area where I was standing, but the light wasn't shining on me. The light was shining on Mr. White Eyes, no pupils. So the light was shining on this man. And instead of just him being in that casual lean back, it's almost my turn. Now this man had hulked up his shoulders and he had his hands straight in front of him like this with balled up fists. So it made him appear much bigger than he was. And his, his posture was extremely menacing. And obviously that was scary. And even though he didn't move towards me, I started backing away from him already because there was now no one in behind me. So I was backing away and then other lights started coming on all over the bank. Just like you go to a play spotlight spotlights and who was being spotlit were all these non-human people, the people with the red eyes, the people who had had holes, but now none of these people had eyes. So even the man in front of me, his face had become very flat and hard. The, the best way I can describe it, I've spoken of this type of phenomenon before, and I call it Iron Man, Iron Man. I've said that I've seen people in my dreams, they're walking around and they're people, and then they will turn and then their faces will be hard cut, chiseled cheekbones, hard cut chin, and just a slit here with no eyes, but with red light shining out of them, exactly how the superhero rob robot people are. And so nobody who was coming lit under the spotlight had eyes not even the red eye people. They just had cutout slits and they were all standing in such a hulked, even the women, they were standing in such a hulked out menacing posture. Some of them even had these dark gray overcoats on them all of a sudden, just standing like that. And I said that I was really afraid primarily because all the real people disappeared at once and I was left by myself in this room full of others. And there was something else. If it was just for the sake of my notes, I would have left it in my notes. But when I was writing out this prophecy, the Lord said, tell them, say it to them and tell them. So bear in mind that this is in my neighborhood. I live in Brooklyn. And I said, bear in mind that this is in my neighborhood. It's not far from home. And this is a blank that uh, a bank that is patronized mostly by black people. So I'm going to say what the Lord told me to say, and I'm going to say it because the Lord says that there is this misconception in the minds of black people. They think God says there are those of you out there who think that everything I'm talking about is other races except yours. That is what he said. I was writing it. This is my notes. I always write my notes out exactly as they are. 
but the Lord will tell me what to put in the prophecy. But he said, tell them, make sure that you tell them. And what God says is that there are massive misconceptions in the minds of black people, especially people of color. So I guess this could include, uh, people from Latin America, but to be honest, people from Latin America are not confused when it comes to talking about creatures out of the sea, winged gods and things like that. And the reason for that is because they have written these things into their history already. They have Quetzalcoatl, their huge, massive, white, speckled color, flying snake that they acknowledge used to be the gods, the god, the chief leading god of their ancestors. They are not in this mindset that when I'm discussing clones, when I'm discussing mermaids, that I'm always talking about blonde mermaids, redheaded mermaids. I absolutely am not. This thing that God has shown me has led me to walk with so much care wherever I live. And the reason for that is I've said it before in the old, the old Nephilim prophecies. There's an entire Nephilim playlist where I describe many, many, many things that I've seen on the, of the Lord. And in one of those dreams, I said, it is a sobering thing to go to the supermarket, pick up your groceries, pay, speak to the cashier nicely and go by the front and, and, and greet the security guard nicely as he says, hello, ma'am. And you say hello. And you walk out. It is a sobering thing to do that on a Monday. And two days later to have a dream where you repeat that identical interaction, except that it is a four headed cobra standing at the door in the security guard uniform saying, hello, ma'am. And something with velociraptor claws pecking at the, the cashier saying that will be $47.95 at the till. And this thing started happening in 2018. This video is going to con con contain many, many parts. So I'm just going to let it flow exactly like the Lord was speaking to me today. I have been going over so many old notes today um, prior to coming to make this prophecy. It is a sobering thing. And I realized after I had these dreams two times, three times, four times, I realized that God was showing me that people outside, it doesn't matter if you are living in the Chinatown part of town, these creatures, these beings in these appearances of human suits zipped up into human flesh, whatever you want to call it, they are everywhere. You're living in Manhattan. And you think, well, I'm living in the French quarter or whatever. They are there looking as French as everybody else. What God was showing me is to be careful in my everyday interactions where I live. I have lived in different sections of the same borough year upon year upon year. And when these dreams started in 2018 specifically, I remember being so shocked to see the store around the corner the owners of the store were normal, but a huge percentage of the clientele were not. And that is the store that everybody used. It's a big supermarket. Everybody went there. The owners were normal people. But if I have a dream and I go in and, I, and I'm asking for honey and they're getting the honey off the shelf and then the person next to me is a duck-billed platypus. This is not a sign that I'm imagining things or that I have a fertile imagination in my dream. And the thing is that the majority of the people either appear like these robot beings or they appear as serpents. Those are the primary two. 
Those are the primary two shapes that God is always showing me in the dream. People who are half snake and half people and people who appear to be made of factory warehouse materials, metal, plastic, not alive at all. Just basically a robotoid walking around. There is a prophecy that is called serpent people, robotoids, and something else. Um, I will put it in the description box, but basically that's what the Lord was saying that a lot of black people, they struggle to understand and to listen to and accept what I'm saying because they find it so far-fetched, so far out of the ordinary. And then he says, out of the percentage of those who believe, they do not accept that it is their demographic, that it is part of this community. It is every community. It is every community. And that is what it means when it says they shall think to mingle themselves with the sons of men. So as we go further in this prophecy, you will even hear the Lord mentioning Africa. And I will make reference to the one prophecy that I received on Africa concerning this. And so, um, this was just God singling out people that have nothing to do with humanity at all. So when I woke up, this word, osprey, 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 this thing was thudding in my spirit even as I was going about prayer. I sat bolt upright. Who wants to be in a dark bank surrounded by things that are all in formation with no eyes, just staring black holes? Nobody. I woke up and I began to pray and I began to intercede and I began to send up prayer to the Lord that my paths should not cross this thing. And I was going through my notes and God has said to me so many times, I will see if I can read some of my notes. I'm not, I'm not keen to put my notes into these prophecies because things, these are things that the Lord always says to me to do this work. You need to know these things to do this work you need deeper understanding. But sometimes he puts it upon my heart that this is information that generally could be a help to everyone, that could be a blessing to everyone. So I did find some things and I will read it. But I prayed, and as I was praying this word, Osprey, Osprey, that's O-S-P-R-E-Y, Osprey, kept coming on my heart. So after praying, I wanted to know this Osprey, I know it's a bird. I know it's a bird, but why is it relevant? Why does it keep coming up? I was drawing a complete blank. So I just go and I get my phone. I keep it separate. I, I go and I get the phone and I Google and an Osprey, this is in the night. This is, this is dark times. Okay. This is, I've prayed, I've gotten up. I've, I've shared communion by myself. If you are not in the habit of doing this and you think you need to wait for your church to do it, please revise your thinking because your church is not coming to your house when these beings are outside mimicking the voice of your grandpa asking for entry. You need to be able to leverage all aspects of the spiritual weapons that we have been given by God for yourself. He says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Sharing the communion is how you literally practice the presence of God at your, at your house with yourself. You don't need anyone else to do it for you. And so, yes, this dream catapulted me into all this late night blocking and kickboxing in the middle of the night, two, 3 AM. After I had this dream, I wake up and I do all the things that I need to do necessary to keep my space 
safe and filled with the presence of God and not filled with the presence of other things that I know exist. So I get the phone and I put it on and it's a type of hawk. I like to be precise. It's a type of hawk. It's part of the eagle family. It's not an eagle. It's just considered part of the eagle family. In old English, it was seen as a type of fish eating eagle. So I'm standing there. Okay, fine. Osprey, osprey, osprey. Okay, Lord, I hear you. Osprey. But what does this bird have to do with anything? And I'm waiting for the father to speak. And then he begins to tell me, study about the bird headed men of ancient Egypt. And that's when the other shoe drops. Okay. Okay. Now it makes sense. People in the bank that are pretending to be people walking around looking like people, but are not people. And now the Lord is speaking of this entire contingent that they constantly show in the movies. And before there were movies, these things were drawn on the walls in Egypt and they were written on the tablets in Egypt. Horus has a bird's head. Isis has a bird's head. There are many of the Egyptian pantheon that have a bird's head, different types of birds. And then the Lord says, look to ancient Egypt. And that is why the title that he has given this message is called look to the past. Look to ancient Egypt. In that era, knowledge was widespread and truth was never hidden. It was in plain sight, written in their laws and on their walls and preserved in their tablets. The way of life in ancient history was plainly practiced before everyone and nothing was off the record because there was no need for it to be. Everything was acceptable in the eyes of the population and many strange practices were part of real life Nothing was looked down on or forbidden. Trafficking with the dead, practicing rites of magic and witchcraft, spells, doing rituals for wealth, power, love, and beauty were normal part of society. And of course, worshiping the gods. All of these were interwoven and even seen as sacred parts of Egyptian culture. And that is why the Lord set the Israelites apart from them. So if you read the earlier books of the Bible, like Leviticus and then Deuteronomy, where, where Moses is going over all the laws and all the do nots that God has given this people Israel, you go further back into Genesis and you see that when Israel came into Egypt, Joseph told Pharaoh, oh, they do this kind of job because he told his family that the Egyptians have their practices and they will actually find your practices abominable to them, such as being herdsmen, such as being shepherds. They don't want to hear that people are doing that kind of job. And why? Because to the Egyptians, cows were one of the gods that they had. If you look in ancient Egypt, they have this sacred bull with the horns that go up there and then it has a disc in the center that the horns are holding. And that disc is rep representative of the sun. I think the cow was seen as either a god by itself or one of the sun god Ra's special animals. And even the sun god who was seen as the chief of the pantheon also had a bird's head. So I'm standing there and I'm writing these things down and I'm coming into understanding and I'm hearing the Lord say, 
in the past, the things that I hate were on front street. They were not castigated. They were not looked down on. They were not despised, despite the fact that I find them despicable. They practice rituals. They had sacred rites. They cast spells. You look in the old books and you can find that it was common even in Greek and Roman society for wealthy women to seek out soothsayers to tell them what will my destiny be. Sidekicks were acceptable in those societies. They would go to old bent over women and tell them my marriage isn't going so well. And then she would say, for a certain amount, my lady, I can put together a potion that will make your beloved fall in love with you more than ever, even as recently as the times of Shakespeare. If you study his works, a lot of his works involve spells, secret potions that are supposed to be drunk by one person to fall in love with another person, and then the wrong person drinks it and falls in love with a donkey. So all of this has come down from the past into history. The problem with modern people is once information settles on a page long enough to the modern man, it becomes so much dust because the modern man has Wi-Fi and the Super Bowl to occupy his time. He doesn't read. He doesn't study. He rarely prays. He mocks God and he thinks nothing of the past. But if you've been coming to this blog long enough, what you hear God is saying is the future isn't going to be that new to those who become familiar with the past. The more you familiarize yourself with the past, my child, you will be able to understand, get along with better. I'm not saying accept. I'm speaking of being able to process and deal with the future better. And so in the past, God is saying, Knowledge was widespread. In the past, they had this type of person called an alchemist. Nowadays, the way we write about alchemy is a mysterious and long lost art that probably never existed. But if you look a little further back, people speak all the time of how alchemists were constantly trying to pour things together to create gold themselves. They would blow up their homes. They would blow up their labs. They were working with substances that were either as dangerous as what we have now or even more dangerous. It was a running joke how alchemists would blow up their homes. And in the old movies, they would always show a guy coming out with a burnt out face and saying, I almost had it this time. This is not mythology and this is not a TV gag. These people really existed. And the reason these people were throat deep in the pursuits that they were in. The reason that they had psychics, witches, soothsayers in those days is because God is saying ancient society was very, very accepting of these things. These things are not accepting, acceptable to God. So to all the Christian witches, you are literally planting your little footsteps on the path to hell. Because the Bible is very clear about those who practice divination, those who practice sorcery, those who practice witchcraft, those who practice trafficking with the dead, those who engage in rituals. None of that stuff is cute. America, you will never be successful in modernizing what is despicable in the eyes of God. All you will be successful in is trapping souls. 
And to those souls that can hear the word of the Lord coming forth here all the time, saying it is time to get rid of your spell books. It is time to throw away your little tarot cards. It is time to stop trying to act so relevant on Instagram. You are already one foot in the grave. And what Satan is using you to do now is simply recruit other people to put their foot in the grave with you so that into hellfire, all of you will go if you do not repent. That's the only thing that can be done now is to lead the blind to lead the blind until they both fall into a ditch. And that ditch is hot and fiery and it is on its way. And my job is to stand here at the junction of life and death to tell all who will hear, come out of these perversions, come out of these dark practices. The God of the Old Testament is the same God we are dealing with now. He did not suffer witches to live in the old time. And I'm telling you, some of you will lose your sight. I am telling you by the spirit of God, you will go blind. That is what I was seeing today. These things that you put in the bowl and then you sprinkle, sprinkle and sprinkle dinkle, you will put things into that bowl that will fizzle when you were not told that they would fizzle. They will pop and you will be struck blind. God told me, and I'm telling you, that you will sit around in your house weeping, sorrowing, crying, and not eating exactly as Apostle Paul did. He lost his sight for misplaced zeal and pride. He was not a witch, but he was a hunter of the church. Jesus said to him himself, why are you persecuting me, Saul? Saul was hunting down the righteous. He was putting them to death. He was getting letters of authority in every city and trying to uproot the precious tree of the gospel that Jesus Christ was building. And now in these, in these fraught times, fraught means that everything and its grandmother is taking place at the same time. Fraught means busy. It means heavy with so much upon one heart, one soul. That's how most people feel. Now in this time, when the church of Jesus Christ should be leaning into their Lord and Savior, many of them are playing around with new agery, eanagrams. They want to know their star sign and still call the name of Jesus at the other side. Light and dark cannot mix. You cannot drink at the table of witches, divination, going to soothsayers. You cannot, there is no such thing as a Christian witch. You are just a witch or you are a Christian. You cannot be both. Whoever thinks that Jesus Christ will mingle with darkness, he will depart from you. And when the Lord leaves you, you will sit there, he said, blind and crying with no working sight. I'm not talking about, oh, you will be spiritually blind in that you will not perceive the Lord, nor will you hear his spirit. You won't have eyes that will be able to get you to the store and back. You will sit at home. You will need your family members to nurse you. He said you will sit there blind like Apostle Paul until it dawns on you the wickedness that you have been practicing and you finally repent. So to whoever has an ear, witchcraft is an abomination before the Lord. Whatever community that is talking about, we're going back to our roots. We're going back to our ancestors. We're going back to your Orishas. You're sitting here in New Orleans and you don't even know what an Orisha is. You learned it from the internet. And the people in Nigeria who know what it is have cast the evil practices of their fathers and their forefathers behind their back. 
And they are gathered around the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ, marching around it seven times strong, lifting their hands and singing praises to the only one who lives, the one who died and rose again, who defeated the cross for their souls. And you are the one traveling back in time to dabble with altars and dabble with those creatures in the sea. You will open your purse and you will pay the bills for what you are buying now. You want to buy these things? The Lord said, who of you that wants to build a tower will not first sit and consider the cost? So you're following these women that have sold their souls. The Beyonce's and the Solange's and whoever else, these are your role models. Inducing you, they are inducting you. They are initiating you into water worship. Every song, water, water, you will pay the bills for the things that you are buying and what steep high costs they are. You will sit when these incubus and succubus have sunk their claws into you, 40 talents deep. Marine spirits will sink their claws into you. You won't be able to twitch or move in your own life. You will find yourself blocked on all sides, opportunity-less, limited, putting yourself under a curse because you lack wisdom in these last days. Other people have seen the darkness of the generational curses that come from family altars that come from practicing and bowing down to idols. But the ignorance of the last day's believer in this nation is to see something on TV and think, oh, why don't I adopt that? It's better than Jesus. Why don't I pick that up? That looks like fun. Your lust for power will bring you into a hard impact. And that is all I have to say about that. And so the Lord was telling me in the middle of the night, my daughter looked to the past. The ancient societies were not under as much license as we do now. It's only now as we're getting to the end. All of this is going to be in this prophecy. As we're getting to the end, the same way the creatures are going to be free to show themselves, the same way this man was not bothered about his pupil-free eyes being seen by me. This is not how they will do it, by the way. What the Lord is showing in this dream is something that I hope I will remember to touch on. There are some of you, you're praying and you are fasting. And God said, said for me to tell you that you are going to wake up. You are going to wake up. You are going to wake up spiritually because practicing the disciplines of the Lord Jesus Christ's truth, it will change this mortal body into something else. You won't be interested in the wrong music as you begin to purge and purify your life. You get rid of foul speech. You get rid of the wrong kind of clothing. You get rid of the wrong kind of company. Basically, as you begin to purify and sanctify, one of the benefits that comes along with it is that your spirit man will be stirred up. Timothy, stir up the gift in you by the laying on of my hands. As you come and you are laying your hands on God's holy altar, and you're not out on TikTok trying to fight me talking about you don't understand our Oshuns and our Orishas. As you are putting away defilement, 
an additional side effect, a very pleasant side effect, but also a very difficult one if you can handle it, is that your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears will begin to open. And that is what God was showing me. We were in a bank and God was simply showing me, gaze into the spirit and see how many people in this banking hall with you are not people. Look and see how many people have nothing to do with humanity. Because when you're staring at something that has these soulless box holes for eyes, we have a saying here on earth. We say the eyes are the windows of the soul. But Jesus says something else about light. He says that if your body is filled with light, then that's what your eye will be. Your eye will be good. But if your eye is bad, he said, then your body will be filled with darkness. And so we're looking at people of a complete other section, a complete other dimension, another group. Let's just call them others. And they will not hide. They will no longer hide for various reasons. They will get bolder. I said long ago that sin has an effect on this world. There's no such thing as private sin. There is no private sin. The Bible says that there's no, no scripture of private interpretation. No prophecy is of private interpretation. Well, guess what? No sin. No sin is of private interpretation. You sin, it has a weight. It will rest upon the earth. It has a weight. God has given me this prophecy. I think it's more than a month ago. I saw the sins of men. They were so heavy. And I saw the angels working on earth and the angels were gathering every person's sin and putting it into a bag and putting their name on it. And this prophecy is only maybe two months max that I've written it down and kept saying, I'll get to it. And I'll, I'll either proclaim it in a message because it's not long enough to write on the blog unless the Lord would want but I said, Lord, I will either add it into something or I will make a video for it itself. I saw the bags being prepared. The only thing is this. I have been saying this thing for as long as I have had this channel, for as long as I've had this ministry, that your sins will be gathered up and put into a bag with your name on it. And when you stand in the day of judgment, you will be so shocked to see that knapsack waiting for you. So whether the Lord gave the analogy like that, because I'm always saying it, or whether because it's actually like that, your sins don't go anywhere unrepented. They wait for you. The angels were preparing them. They were preparing them. They were taking them from an embedded posture. Embedded means that you see the little head of something sticking out and the majority of it is hidden inside a structure. And then you pull it out just the way you pull out a hairpin from hair and you see, wow, that was a long hairpin, but the majority of it was hidden in the hair. They were pulling out sin from embedded places hidden places, places where you think you're the only one who knows that you enjoy porn. You're the only one who knows how deep the malice in your soul is when you gossip about others, when you stir the pot, when you create drama, when you tell lies that cause even family members to hate each other. Some people love to bend the truth just enough to cause relationships to break down. They love to bend the truth just enough to cause doubt to be sown in the mind of friends and the relationship crumbles and they stand there and they enjoy the chaos that they cause. And they're so innocent looking. Wow. I didn't see all of that happening. I was just trying to be helpful. You're witchy on the inside. 
You are wicked. You have a malicious soul and God sees you. He sees the inside, what is embedded in the heart. Angels will prepare all the sin and everybody's name, every person who does not want to kneel down by their bedside and start dealing with their dirt. Those bags will be waiting for all the reluctant Christians, as well as all the people who do not acknowledge Jesus. But these creatures that I was seeing in the bank that look like people, they will get very bold. They will get very bold and they will not be interested in hiding themselves. Another thing that will happen is, let me try and go through this methodically. Another thing that will happen is, in some cases they will get very bold, but in other cases, as sin increases upon the earth and the weight of sin is pressing, these creatures will know their time is coming. They will know their time is coming and so that is why they will be so bold. That is why someone will be talking to you and then just let their eyes change from round to slit and then back to round just to enjoy the look of stunned shock on your face. Exactly what this man did in the bank. He just let his, either he let his eyes be like that naturally. That's one, that's one way. Or I was increasing spiritually. I was increasing spiritually and now I could see them. And God has been showing me this dream so often that I know that day is coming. I know that day is coming to be able to see them outside while awake in skin. And that is why I always tell people, how are you managing with your self-control? How are you managing? Are you praying and asking God, just keep my spirit contained. Nobody says that you won't feel fear. It's impossible not to feel fear when you come across something that is otherworldly. It is our natural instinct. But then what happens? Are you that lady from the airport? I'm telling you right now, are you that person? Or are you someone who is just able to see and immediately go into tongues in your spirit or go into prayer in your spirit and begin to do warfare silently so that instead of them being there smirking at you, see me with my eyes, what will happen is immediately they will withdraw. They will re recoil and they will quickly exit themselves from the situation. As the season is changing from light to dark, just as the Lord will say here in this prophecy, they are getting bolder. Another thing that God was telling me today is as wickedness increases in the earth, it has a tone. Wickedness has a tone. It has a vibration. You may not be able to hear it, but it is there. I'm not one of those frequency people. I don't know too much about that. I can't speak knowledgeably about those things, but I know what God has told me and I'm able to bring it out. Wickedness has a vibration. Wickedness has a tone. And it will have an effect on those who resonate to that frequency. So the righteous may not feel the frequency of wickedness. We will simply remark, murders are increasing, O Lord, but have mercy upon those who are of the house of righteousness. We will say, Lord, the earth is going mad and evil is increasing on every side. But this is because we can see with our eyes what is happening. But those who are affected by that tonal frequency, this is the phrase that is in my heart right now, that tonal frequency. Like when you take a tuning fork and you hit it, it makes a certain sound. And you hit it, it makes another sound. There is a level that you can hit it and the wicked will hear it. And when those vibrations enter these people, they will not be able to control themselves. So those of you out there who are married to Teen Wolf, 
The day is coming. He will not be able to control himself. And then this is when we're going to start to hear headlines like tonight, the night stalker. It will not be the night stalker. It will be the person that you've been with for five years who is able to, in this current dispensation, maintain his human shape without problems. Maintain his human shape without problems. There's a prophecy that I brought here. That prophecy, if you have never listened to anything in the Supernatural series, please listen to it. It is called Do Not Receive Them. Do Not Receive Them. And in that prophecy, there is a place where the Lord is talking about the people who come from the water, the people who have the iridescent skin. This is a rainbow-colored scales, but it doesn't show on the top. They have, they have tan flesh. They have brown flesh. They have white flesh. They have flesh. The scales are very small, overlapping, overlapping, almost the size of a fingernail or smaller, very tightly bound together. I will just say the things that I've seen, okay? These scales are very tightly bound together and they are under the flesh. They're under the flesh. But when these people are too hot, so if they're living in Florida and it's nice and hot there and then Florida suddenly will undergo a massive, massive record heat wave or something like that. When these people are too hot, when they can't get access to water and things like that, they're not able to hold their human appearance. And then what I saw is that, that embedded scale flesh, it rises up outside the covering that they have. It rises up outside and you will see it. And also when they're swimming, because I saw one who was swimming. The Lord showed me a vision as I was looking almost down a tube. And I saw a guy, a white guy. He was swimming. Man, he was swimming. He was doing flips in the pool like a seal. He was so happy. And when he came out, he flipped his hair and everything. And the whole man was glowing like a rainbow. And I was struck. He was iridescent. And I said in that video, it is called, do not receive them. God was saying extra digits. This is extra fingers, extra toes. No. This is scaly skin. No. This is webbing between the digits. Don't do it. Because he said that is an internal gene expressing itself. Don't go there for marriage. And primarily it was on God's heart. Those who have not married, if you don't approach this final choice of who your partner will be, if you don't approach who you're going to basically breed with, with care, well, you'll be the human in the house bringing up all the crab children and you won't know until the day it is time for them to reveal who they are. So I saw this person swimming with the iridescent skin and when, when situations change for such people or for people who are half wolf, God says when they're very uncomfortable, such as in the presence of a very high frequency of the Holy Spirit. So when a person is what? Not walking in the flesh, but walking in the spirit. When a person is walking in the spirit and just carrying the visible, tangible presence of God upon them, then we're going to start to see interactions to those who are wondering, where, where, where's all this in the Bible? It's right in the Bible. You just have to learn how to read your Bible. This interaction happened when Jesus went into the Gadarenes. Jesus was minding his business. Jesus was just walking. Jesus didn't go to the Gadarenes to, to go specifically looking for that man. What Jesus did say is that he needed to go through that country. And because the Lord knew that man was there, the Lord had the ability to know things ahead of time. He had the ability to know people's thoughts 
And so he says, I must needs go through there. Or he went through there when the boat came, actually. The boat came to that side and they were going through there. And that man was there naked as a jaybird, cutting himself in the hills, screaming because of all the demons in him. The demons are the ones who recognized Jesus. The demons initiated the conversation. They spoke first. They recognized him. They called him by his name and title, something that if you study the scriptures, Jesus didn't like. And you might wonder, why didn't Jesus like that? Because Jesus didn't want to be announced by demons. Jesus wanted people to recognize him as Messiah through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is why he said to his disciples, who do you say I am? He asked them, well, what's the word on the town? What are people saying? He wanted to know, who do people think I am? But then he asked them, who do you say I am? He wanted to know if they had caught the revelation yet, walking with him, that they were actually walking with God. The demons knew him. The demons recognized him. The demons demonstrated fear and reverence at the same time. Fear of his power and reverence of him because they knew that he was God. And they said to him not to do anything to them. Why? They said it wasn't the time, didn't they? So the demons were revealing for our understanding that there is a time and we have now come to that time. We are now heading into that transition period. I'm telling you that light is going to leave this world. Whether it be also the light of the sun, when the sun starts going down too early, the sun starts giving only a, th a, a third of its light. Two thirds of the day in darkness, one third in light, short, short days, and then the night belonging to the beasties. We are going into the time of darkness. The Bible says that night is coming when nobody can work. When these things will have the upper hand. And as we edge into that time, the tonal frequency, the press of the time that is coming will make it hard for them to hold their shape. It will be hard for them to remain as person because the increased darkness, for instance, will greatly pull upon the wolf nature. They will want to be that more and more. They will start lying that they're going camping but really they just want to release that nature and be out in the fields in fur without you watching them or without them having to explain to you why they, why they now want to eat 18 chickens when before they were vegan. This is what we are going to, no matter how fantastical, this is the strange thing that makes this work hard. The Christian is the last to cross the threshold of understanding. The, the Christian is the last to believe. But the alien channel will have 15 million views in three hours because they know that these beings exist. And the cryptid channel and the channel that says, I promise you it was an upright dog and it said hi, 20,000 views in one hour after that person makes a video. But the Christian is like, I'm just not sure about this. It sounds real, but then it goes off center. It's right on center. It's right on the money. Daniel 2, 43, they will think to mingle themselves with the seed of men. They have mingled successfully. They are wearing our bodies. And God is showing to anyone who will hear that if you are the praying and the fasting type, you should be warned that you will start to have experiences. You should be warned that the manager at Costco has extra eyes on top. 
He's going to blink one day and you're going to see an extra pair up there or something. And that's not the time to start pointing and saying, sir, are you aware of your second group of eyes? No. That's just the time to start shopping somewhere else. They will not be able to hold their shape. They will not care to hold their shape. And the third thing is that when provoked, when angry, they will not be able to hold their shape. If they are in uncomfortable situations, whether it's the presence of the Holy Spirit or whether it's because their soul, their, their, their self, them, themselves, I'm not going to ascribe to them souls. Souls are a specific and precious gift for humanity alone. That is a direct transfer from our father. And only we who are man have it. And I thank God for it because that is the thing that I've always said Satan is fighting for. Satan is fighting for this thing, to steal this thing, to rob this thing, to have people who are not wise with their souls end up in hell. But to those who love God, children of God, that will not be your ending. They will not be able to control themselves if they are upset, if they are provoked, if they feel threatened, if they feel afraid. So that is just that. That is just all the things I, I said months ago that the Lord was telling me to say everything and I'm going to say everything as much as I am able to say it will be in these videos and you can listen and you can come into the understanding because this is how it is with me and the Lord just sitting and hearing things for hours and writing pages and pages and pages and pages and pages that I have been writing for so many years and I'm not bringing all those pages out to make videos. But as I know, and as I have the understanding, as the Lord leads, then I will share. So looking to the past, ancient Egypt, an era with widespread knowledge and where truth was never hidden. So people, he says that you can find these things in the ancient laws of Egypt. And these other societies were the same ancient Greece, ancient Rome, not to the level of Egypt, because as time has passed, if you look, as time has passed, this knowledge has been suppressed. This knowledge has fallen away as people prefer to pursue modern inventions and, and, and also as, as faith-based teaching, as the kingdom of God came up. A lot of these things were condemned and rightly so rituals and spells like that. So they were forced into the fringes. They were forced into the corners, but just like you see in the story of Saul, when Saul became King, they were not banished altogether. When Saul became King, he made divination illegal. He made witchcraft illegal. You know, he was attempting to follow God's laws. And so all the people who were diviners, soothsayers, psychics in those days, don't think these things are brand new. They have been since biblical times and even since before the time of capturing the word of God, soothsaying, divination, raising up spirits to ask them questions, conjuring, gazing into the future, whether it's by a mirror, by a bowl, gazing into water, tea leaves, none of those things are new. So they were driven to the fringes just the way King Saul drove them to the fringes. But then you will always find people finding a way to go and, and seek them out and look for them. And even King Saul himself, he became so worried when he received the prophecy that God had torn the kingdom from him and giving it to someone else that after Samuel died, he was looking throughout the kingdom to find someone. He disguised himself and he went looking for a witch. He went looking for someone who could raise the dead. That's necromancy, playing with the dead. Something that God said that they did freely in ancient Egypt. They, they trafficked with the dead. To traffic with something means that you have an interaction with it. You play with it. You have a relationship with it. 
And these people did a lot of things with dead bodies in ancient Egypt. Saul went looking to, to find out more information. And he had this woman raise the dead body of Samuel, something that most Christians was like, but why? As a Christian, what makes you think that evil things should stop working just because you're saved? Where in the scripture does it say, Marcy gave her life to Christ and, and Satan being so challenged by that bold act of faith retired from his activities. Why, why are we like this? You do what you do and the devil does what he does. Satan has been at this before any of us were born. Satan was at this like an evil wolf at the heel or at the side of Eve and Adam. He robbed them then. He is an old hand at this. So there's some questions that we ask that don't profit. Evil is there because evil is there. And there's even evil in us. God tolerates the evil in us, trying to win us over to good. And so just the way he is tolerating the evil in us, trying to win us over to good, Satan likewise is allowed to exist under that same statute. The statute is called tolerating evil until the day all evil is judged. That means that Satan's evil is allowed to exist the same as yours. That is how the world works. So with everything acceptable in the eyes of the old population, many strange practices taking part in real life, God says that nothing was looked down upon and nothing was forbidden. All these things were taking place. They were part of society and worshiping gods was seen as a sacred part of Egyptian culture. And that is why, that is why if you are wondering, why does the Bible have all this? Don't mix this with that. And you shall not bow down to this because God was setting his people apart even then. And this is the problem. God goes to all this trouble to write all these rules that should separate us from how, from what is generally acceptable. And the wickedness that is generally accepted changes from time to time. It changes from generation to generation, but it never gets too far from the core evil who is Satan himself. It never deviates too far. In the old times, they may have put their children to death. They may have made their sons and daughters walk through the fire. But now your sons and daughters walk through the abortion clinic. It's the same end to pulp and crush a baby's life, to put young life to death. And God says that even those now who do this, who take the life of children in abortion, they do not know that the carcasses of their children form offerings to spirits and that that blood that is flowing in that clinic is received in the higher plane as an offering to the demons that run the United States and everywhere else these practices are taking place. The Bible says clearly, for example, you shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. This is Exodus 20 verses four to six. And so we see God is saying carved images he doesn't want. Worshiping things in the water, he doesn't want. So that cancels the entire beehive and their queen. That cancels anywhere in the modern world 
where this talking of water, splashing in water, videos about water, even church songs about jumping in the river, people do not perceive that these things are creeping in to do exactly what God said they did in the past. They are becoming acceptable practice, but they were not and they will never be acceptable practice to the Lord. So I continue, tell them what I said. Not every person is a person, as in a human being. There is dark mingled with light all over the continent of America and in every region of the world. Not everyone is human and the separation is about to become clearer than ever before. From the highest levels where the leaders are to the common man of the street, dark mingles with light until the separation occurs. The leaders are compromised. They are half man and half beast. At the highest levels, they are not what they appear to be. Tell them that in Africa and Latin America, the villages are full of creatures. There are beasts that transform into man, living with humans in the African continent, and their legends are long overdue for retelling to the younger generations. Tell them everything that you know and let them hear for themselves what the future will be like and what will be required of them. So I'm just going to pause here. God is saying, as I have been saying in many prophecies on this blog, that not everybody is a human being, that not everybody is a person. The first time you hear this, the first time you learn this, you will utterly be without context. As far as you know, if it's a human being or as they scientifically call it, God has even used the word to me once in my notes. I read it today, hominid, which is just basically man-like, man-shaped. Well, the first time you hear this, you will think, I think this is conjecture. I think this is storytelling. I think this is Christians that are getting off the narrow path and starting to branch over into popular culture, YouTubers that want to be relevant. I am not a YouTuber. I am a child of God who was told of the Lord in August, 2020 to make this video blog so that the work of the master's voice prophecy blog could go faster so that more people could hear. And I've already shared that it was a very hard transition for me. I have no problem writing the prophecies because writing the prophecies is fine. It preserves a wall of privacy and selfhood between me and others. It was an extremely different step, an extremely hard step to move into this. And the way that the Lord moved me into this, among other things that he did, was by telling me that the tools of my generation are before me and that I should use them. This is audio, this is visual, and these are other methods that I will use after I have managed to finish doing the work this way. God will take this work to the four corners of the earth. The podcast is getting listened to in countries that surprised me. The Master's Voice Prophecy blog has a very large South African listenership. It has a very large Australian listenership. I was very surprised to see things like that. Of course, the top listenership, 43%, as I just looked at the statistics today, 43% is the United States. But right after that is South Africa. And then right after that is the United Kingdom. And I was, well, obviously I was touched 
Because one of the things that the Lord showed me, the Lord woke me up a few, a few days ago, not a few days ago, it would be maybe two weeks now. And he showed me a very large number on the wall of my room. He showed me the number 0 0.16, 0 0.16. He told me, put your hand on the wall. And so I put my hand on the wall and that big number was there. It looked exactly like those clocks that you see in the old movies, you know, where the letters are all blocky, a square zero, and then a, a point, and then a one six. It was big and red. And I'm looking at this number and the Lord says to me, that is all you've done. And he wasn't condemning me. He wasn't judging me, but I still felt bad. He told me that is what you've done so far to prepare my people. That is what you've managed to accomplish to get them to listen to get them to pay attention. And my hand is on the wall on this big red letter in the middle of the night. And I'm looking at it. And I may not be the greatest math expert, but I think that's very small. I think that's a very small uh, footprint. And the reason is, is I'm not striving for podcaster of the year. That 0 0.16 actually represents whoever is listening and has understood Listening, understood, and has started to make a change. Listening, understood, and has started to make a change, has started to shift their life out of darkness into light. And that is such a small percentage. And that is why I always tell people, no disrespect, to back up off me when I'm doing this work. There's a thousand cooks in this kitchen for reasons that I personally do not understand because there's only one pot and one spoon and I've got my hand on it. It won't be any single person with any single comment that God will say, did you manage to increase the 0 0.16 to at least 1.00? Do you know how small that is when you are working with souls, working with souls, thinking how on earth you're going to reach the people in Japan? How on earth am I going to reach the people in Samoa? How on earth am I going to reach the people in Fiji? And then here in this small group, everybody's pitching in and everybody's like, well, have you thought about this? And do you actually know the meaning of that? And I'm thinking with all my heart, do I care? No, because I'm thinking of the assignment. I'm thinking of all the dreams and visions and the prophecies that I've received from God and from other people all my life about the assignment, that the assignment must be completed because the assignment is for persons. The assignment is for souls. The assignment is for human beings. The assignment is so Jesus, the master who set the table, will not hear back from this serv servant. Well, I went to call them and then they told me that they had just gotten married so they couldn't come. And I called them and then they said that they had just bought a field and they couldn't attend. I want to be that servant that says, just here, please here. Here's your place, take a seat such a small number. And he says that this is what you have managed to do so far. Not even one, a whole number. This is out of the large mass, not of the universe, but just of the ones that are human with potential to be saved. And so these are very important things. And I am pressing towards a goal here. And that is why I do not appreciate feedback, no matter how well-intentioned it is, because it doesn't have anything to do with pulling the fish into the net so that it does not go into the boiling hot oil. And so God says, not everybody is a person and dark is mingling with light all over America. So at this time, 
we can see that we have come to the point of the prophecies where the Lord says, um, I was covering all of this um, since 2020. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's the live prophecy talking about the red horse. There's the live prophecy called war is coming where I said that I saw war break out like a rash across the whole earth. And it grew and grew and grew to the point that there were just basically few types of countries. Either you were a country that was being attacked, you were a country that was attacking, or you were a neighboring country that was lucky enough not to be in the war, but your borders were being battened down by people running across into your country. Why? to get out of the line of fire, to get out of the conflict zone. So we're in a place, you can put your TV on, you can see that people are being bombed here or people are running for safety there and they're flying food off there and then you're still thinking, well, what's the move this weekend? What are we smoking? What are we drinking? And who are we sleeping with? There's still people doing that. Well, God is sending, sending me to tell you that the dark will mingle with light. Light doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Christian. Light simply means that the soul inside you is human, that you actually do have a soul inside you. But those who continue to practice, especially a promiscuous lifestyle, I will get to it, it is still written in this prophecy, those people are at the highest risk of fulfilling Daniel chapter two and verse 43, which is that they will think to mingle themselves with the sons of men. To mingle means to mix with. And when it comes to a promiscuous lifestyle, to mingle means to lie down with, to bed down with either these fallen angels walking around in human flesh, which will happen as we go even further into the time of brazenness, let's just call it that. But for now, the clones, the replicates that look exactly like people, the high quality synthetics, that's what they are called. That's what the Lord called them. There's low quality ones that are plastic and I don't know what function they're serving, but they're not high quality, high function. The high quality, high function ones have tears. They have saliva. They have all bodily functions. They are anatomically correct. They can get you pregnant. They are just not human. You will make another of that thing. These are the ones like the cowboy I described from the prophecy that I said I will, at the time I thought there was no need to make it because I'd made so many of them, but now I feel the Lord leading me to go and complete that ark that I saw the cowboy. He didn't need food. He didn't need water. He didn't need anything. He only took them when he was in the presence of people. Six o'clock breakfast at the farmhouse. Everybody was going. All the farm hands were going. He would go along too and eat the eggs and the muffins. The problem is that he did not need them. When it was time to work and everybody was lifting those heavy poles and putting them in and wrapping wire around them, the other workers noticed that instead of one person putting the pole and one person pulling the wire, the guy put his own pole and put the wire and just kept moving. He could lay more fence than any of them. He would go into the city and all the girls, when he would go into town, all the girls would be swooning over him and he had no interest in them. He would not bring a woman home. All he wanted to do was work like a machine. And I saw that when this man went back to his room, his apartment, his bunk, whatever they call it out there in the Midwest, he lay on his bed, he laced his hands behind his head and he just lay like that looking at the ceiling the whole night. He didn't read a book. He didn't sleep, he didn't blink, 
He didn't get tired. He simply lay there in his work clothes until it was morning, sat up and put his feet on the bed, on the ground, and then went off to do the same thing. Not a human. And all those women dying to be with him in the town had no idea that that was not a person. And God was saying, this thing that you're looking at, Celestial, is right here in America. That farm thing is right here in America. Everybody's favorite employee. He works like a horse. Well, he might as well be one because he's definitely not a human being. That dark is out there waiting to mix with the light. Just a moment. And then another dream. This is from, I think it's from 2021, that also repeats what God is saying about mixing and mingling, dark mingling with lights all over the continent of America and every region of the world. The dream is called the, the Mighty Men the iron mixed with clay. And the takeaway from that dream that I've written down here to share with you is how the males of these creatures, because males are the ones who give seed. Women receive seed and we incubate children, but it is males who give seed. So the males of these Nephilim, God showed them to me in that dream. And I saw that their only mission, unlike this other clone one, this synthetic that I was talking about, the only mission of these actual Nephilim males were, were, was just to go out and sleep with women and make them pregnant so that they could conceive uh, end days Nephilim. So God says that they very well know their mission here on earth. They very well know their mission here on earth and their mission here on earth is to outnumber human beings so that when the time comes for interaction, so that when the time comes for rulership position, when the time ultimately comes for the battle of I can't call it the sexes, the battle of the types, the battle of the genuses, human genus versus them. They will outnumber us. They will outnumber us and outclass us in every single area. Stronger, superior thinking, superior lifespan, better looking. What I saw was four guys. These were all four white guys. And all they did was to wait for the weekend and go to nightclubs and sleep with women. That's all they did. They would go to the nightclubs, make themselves so easy to snag. And what I saw was, I saw four friends, they were getting dressed up, they were like, oh yes, girl, it's the time, girl, getting all, we're gonna do this and do that. And then you walk into these establishments and you basically see male Adonises standing everywhere and you're looking at them and you give them eye contact and guys of that nature are usually acting as if they're God's gift to women, but these men stare right back. And before you know it, they bought you three drinks and you can't believe how easy it is to get his attention. And then all he will say is, do you want to get out of here? And off you go looking over your shoulder at your friends like, yes, yes, but there, it's a plan. What God showed me was these four men they went out to the same place and in no time at all, they had all picked up women and then they went back to the same house. They all lived in this big, impressive bro house. They all went back to that place and they were with the women. And I saw that as soon as they finished, the women passed out. They went straight into a sleep. Some went back with the girls to wherever they live. The women passed out and the men would get up and dress and go to different clubs 
That was all they did on a repeating cycle the whole night. Find a girl, bring her back, sleep with her, and then go back out, go back out, go back out. That was what they were doing. And God said, look, they are increasing their numbers. They are sowing their seed. And that is why it says in two Esdras, I think, which is just basically second Ezra. It's not in the Bible, but it's definitely worth a read because it's carrying truth nonetheless. It says that wild beasts will increase in the end of times and menstruous women will give birth to monsters. A menstruous woman means it is a woman who still has her menstrual cycle. It is, in other words, a fertile woman that will be bringing forth a creature or a beast according to ancient prophecy. And the reason that many women will get snagged in that is because they don't have lifestyles of consecration, of holiness. They don't want to live sanctified unto God. They don't want to learn what it means that the body is a temple and step aside and let God lead into bringing them into godly courtship and marriage. They simply are going for the short score, but what people will score is Nephilim babies. I brought this forward many times in this type of prophecy with the supernatural that God says, you out there, Miss Independent Promiscuity, you are the mother of the next wave of beasts for the end times. And so the Lord has spoken of leaders, half man and half beasts, that they're also taking their instruction from creatures that are not human. And he says at the highest levels, they are not what they appear to be. And anybody who has open eyes and not necessarily open eyes to stare at C-SPAN and say, I'm going to catch them transforming. It is not that easy. Many of the people that lead in the nations are part of a global cult. It is not conspiracy. This thing, God has been revealing it. And anyone who takes the time just to go to him in prayer, if you are someone with an ear open and you can actually hear back from God when you pray, he will not hide these things from you because we are in an era now where it is dangerous to be ignorant of these things. And it is equally dangerous to be proud and say that these things are not so. You have the hardest impact of all waiting for you. On the day that you get pulled over, an officer Wolfsbane comes and stands and extends your ticket to you in a paw. I shared years ago during the time that my prophecies were, were new on the internet and being stolen all over the place. People were just stealing the messages because they, they just thought that it was glamour fodder stuff that they could take to their channel and, and make them sound all interesting. And have you ever heard this before? It's, this is not that kind of place. The Lord says that the future that we are going into is going to be exactly like that movie Bright. And I have never seen the movie Bright. All I have seen is the trailer. The movie where Will Smith is living in a blended world. His partner is a green looking gray goblin. And the thing is an NYPD or LAPD officer along with him that has rights. And the society at that time, some of them accept those things and some of those things mock those things. Some of the people mocked those beings. In the trailer, the neighborhood people were mocking Will Smith's partner. They didn't like him. And in the trailer, 
They were looking for some object and the object had the ability to open portals or open a world between this one and the other. But I've been writing these things down in my notes for years that there are portals, that there are doors, that there, are, there is moving between the dimensions and things like that. So tell them that in Africa and Latin America, the villages are full of creatures. When the Lord said to me this, when, I'm, when he said this to me, what I saw was, I saw, I saw a village and it was nighttime and an old lady had trans, transformed into something that I, I cannot tell you what that was, okay? She wasn't wearing a top and her body was extremely bony. She was bonier than anyone had any business being. So she had taken off her top and people often do this when they practice witchcraft. Nakedness is a desecration of the human body. And Satan being the father of all that desecrates people, a lot of people when they're performing witchcraft, when they're performing black magic, occult rituals and things like that, transfers of power between them and the spirit realm, nakedness is required. So I didn't see her full body. What I saw is she had taken off her top and this woman appeared way too long boned to be like a person. As in from here to here, it was way too long. And from here to here, it was way too long from shoulder to elbow and from elbow to wrist. And even her fingers and hands, her fingers were long and then flopped over like almost like this, like an arc. And this part was too long. Her shoulder to elbow ratio was too long. Here to here was too long. It was just too long. And then she was crouched over someone who was sleeping. And it was almost as if I belonged to that household and I came in at a bad time. So it was as if I, looking from the perspective, had walked in, opened the door or, or something like that. And this woman was crouched like that and she turned suddenly and she had no hair on her head. She was absolutely bald and her ears were long and her eyes were round, flat, red, just like the people in the bank. She turned around suddenly and the light from outside hit her in the eyes and she just had these round, flat pupils with nothing in the middle, glowing, and that is how she looked. And this is what the Lord said. In Africa and Latin America, the villages are full of creatures. Tell them that their villages are full of creatures, beasts that change into man. So they're living among people in the village areas, looking like people, with the ability in Africa and in Latin America to change into something else. He says, living with humans in the African continents. And God said to tell you in Africa that your legends are long overdue for retelling to the younger generations. So your, your children are listening to Cardi B and your children are following Chance the Rapper, but your children don't know anything about the stories that shaped your lives as the parents as the grandparents, they don't know anything about the old legends that you got from your ancestors, things that they warned you about. Don't go to the lake at this time. If you hear a voice calling you in the middle of the night, don't answer. So the basic things that you know, things that people here in America absolutely refuse to believe because they need to see it in print somewhere.
Very few people believe these things. But the Lord says, you know, Latin Americans, Hispanics, you know, Africans, people in the Caribbean. But he says that you are not passing down the warnings and the stories to the younger generations. Then he says, it is time that you tell them everything that you know and let them hear it for themselves because this is what the future will be like and this is what will be required of them. What will be required of them? Well, when the mermaids come out, as I have been saying that they will, they will come out and show themselves. What is the difference between a child that has been warned by grandma, a child that has been warned by the parents, warned by an older uncle, even warned by a cousin who is just a few years older than them, as opposed to someone who thinks that Ariel and the little mermaid and Luca, the little merboy, and all these things are fun facts. And then they come out and for a while you're shocked and you're thinking the movie was real. But then because there is no warning acting as a seatbelt to keep you back, evil, wicked, death, don't go there. You rush forward because you want a selfie. You rush forward because you want to touch their hair that is living. Their hair is like sea anemones, like sea anemones from the sea. It moves. It is alive. But a person like me seeing that will immediately think of Medusa from the legend. The female god whose head, her hair was all snakes. Black, evil, deadly, poisonous snakes. That being was so deadly. She had multiple powers, extremely beautiful. And yet if you gazed at her face to take in the beauty, you turn to stone. A deadly, deadly form of Nephilim. If people are not warned, they already love mermaids here in the West. Mermaids are love. They're part of society. They're family. Mermaid kids parties, mermaid tails, mermaid theme parties with grown women swimming around with tails in a fish tank. Mermaids are it. But in other societies, they are hated. People are warned about them. So what is the outcome when they come out of the sea and you find in one region of the world, people go sprinting away and in another region of the world, they draw close. I put it to you that death is coming in different forms in these end times. Death is coming. This is fact. The only question on the table is who is it going to take? Who is it going to get? Who is wise and who is unwise? This is what is coming. Man and Nephilim seed will continue to blend together until the final time when Jesus finally separates them. There will be a fine separation of all living where the Lord Jesus Christ at his appearing will put the evil seed eternally into shadow and the righteous he will put eternally into light. So it is written, the wheat will go on his right and the tares on his left. And the Lord says that the angels will bind them into bundles either for redemption or destruction. The last part is, Men will be fathers of hybrids and women will give birth to monsters. 2 Esdras 5 and 8. Promiscuity will be rewarded by mingling with the Nephilim bloodline, 
giving birth to creatures that are not real. They exist mostly in spirit, beings that defy the laws of this earth, who operate by stealth and craft. And so you are hearing the Lord say that this prophecy that you are listening to, the prophecy is called Look to the Past. I received it November the 30th, 2023. This prophecy is not a prophecy of to come. This prophecy has been taking place for generations. Man and Nephilim seed will continue to blend together. That means they have blended together in antiquity, which is why God was giving me the word osprey, osprey. That's because in antiquity, there were a race of men that had heads of birds. They were not shocking in the society. It wasn't just a God. Even in the Bible, it says that there was a tribe in Moab that had lion-faced men. And then the pastor will come and stand in front of you and tell you that means that they were bold as lions, family. No, it means exactly what the scripture says, that they had the faces of lions, exactly like that famous old-timey miniseries in America with the man who had the lion face and he used to live in the sewer. I think it was called Beauty and the Beast. I found it on Wikipedia, Beauty and the Beast. The man with the lion face and then the, the pretty girl fell in love with him and she would go down to the sewer and spend time with him and talk to him. Lion faced means exactly that. And this is again, the mistake that we make. An ancient person, a few centuries back, re reading lion faced would never say, it means bold. He would say, oh, they're talking about that tribe that was finally wiped out in that region of the world. They knew back then, but the knowledge has been lost. And it says that this mingling will continue because Jesus is the only one who will separate them. And I invite you to go and look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30, which is the parable of the wheat and tares. Basically, it says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, meaning this era now, where the eyes, the spiritual eyes and the spiritual ears of men and women are shut. Basically, while humanity was unaware, it says his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But now when the grain had begun to sprout and produce a crop, then the tares that the enemy had sowed also appeared. And the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So see, the master of the field is not ignorant of what the enemy has done. The master of the field will not listen to this video and say, what a long conspiracy theory. The master of the field knows that the enemy has sown a replica of wheat. Tears look just like wheat. You have to have a good eye to see the subtle differences between young wheat and young tares. Only when they grow up fully can you see the differences because wheat will put out different fruit and tares cannot put out any fruit because it's a type of wheat. So he says, an enemy has done this. The master is acknowledging that an evil work has been done in the midst of the good work that he originally did. And the servant said, these are the angels basically speaking to the Lord. If you want the understanding of this parable, 
Pastors always teach it from one dimension. Oh, if you're bad and unrighteous, we, we will definitely live with the righteous people and Jesus will separate us at the judgment. That is true, but this is an end times parable being opened because the time for it has come. The time for it is now. You must be careful who you link with and don't think it's the rich only. No, you cannot hear the description of an elderly woman with pterodactyl limbs perched over a person in an African village and then think they're only talking about the moguls out there. Some of the moguls are just fine. And then it's the school teacher who eats the children. And that's why there's so many Amber Alerts. It's the teachers and the bus drivers eating the children. It's the mailman eating people in, in the area. He does his route in the daytime and then he comes at night and gets all the evening joggers. It's ordinary people. It's everywhere. It's every race and ethnic group and background and region. So the servants ask him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Should we go gather them up? Asking, should we go and separate the tares now? And he says, no. If you gather the tares now, you will uproot the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And this is the word that the Lord gave me. Here is the prophecy. So it is written, the wheat will go to his right, the tares to his left, and the angel shall bind them into bundles, either for redemption or destruction. So please hear that the word of prophecy on this blog is always so close to what the father has written in his own word long before I came. And then it says here, men will be fathers to hybrids and women will give birth to monsters. So I've already discussed from the female side, but now men, you don't know who you are bedding down with. You do not know that the mermaids do take human forms. You look at me, I look at you. What you see in the little mermaid is not a suggestion that they take on female form and come and dwell among us. Not only that, that is not the only way, bedding down with supernatural females that are carrying the ability to incubate seed, but because as God says, these are creatures that are not real. That means they exist mostly in the spirit. To exist mostly in the spirit means that the bulk of who you are is spiritual. A mermaid, a marine spirit, succubus, incubus, demons, things like that. They can take physical form. The only way I can put it to you is that there's not enough power in the world yet for most of them, the strong, powerful ones, to show themselves. I'm telling you in the end times, I've already shared it in one of the old prophecies. It's called the mighty men are returning part one or part two. God says that we will physically see people being walked as on a leash, people being walked on chains by their demons. The demon will finally be able to suck enough power out of the world as it will be then. There will be enough spiritual power just crackling in the air, like the scent of food or popcorn. They will be able to draw on that and take form. 
you will see them. They will be visible. And God says we will see men walked on chains by the spirits that dominate them. Lust, greed, anger, murder. They will take physical form and man will be walked like dogs by the sin that has become so powerful that now you can see who really owns a man, who really owns a woman. What a terrifying time ahead. What a signal to work on your faith. What a signal to come close to Jesus. What a signal to get out of the world and stop playing with your salvation. What a signal to let your habits go while they are still small and you can still call out to God in repentance and ask for mercy and strength, the strength of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to break chains and to set you free. What a signal that now is the time to choose before they turn into something that you can't handle. Something that I have said, these pastors will sprint away from you. They will not even try to do deliverance on you. There are demons that will beat up these pastors and he'll just pull up his pants, whatever's left after the seven sons of Sceva impartation and run out the church door. They're not going to try it with this level of spirit. Because spirit will meet spirit. Power will meet power. It will only be the sanctified blood-washed ones who will be able to say, come out of her in the name of Jesus. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. The last way that this prophecy, men will be fathers to hybrids, women give birth to monsters. I spoke of it in the prophecy do not receive them. I referenced it, but I can't remember the actual prophecy where I shared it. It was just a dream that I had where I said that I saw either a dream or a vision as God was talking to me about these topics, where I said that I saw a couple, a mom and a dad, and they were sitting at the table and their child of about eight or nine years was sitting there and the little boy was so happy and he was eating. He was having his breakfast. He was crunching that toast, enjoying those eggs. And his parents were sitting there almost like tin soldiers and their breakfast was cold. And I said, you could feel the evil emanating from that boy. It was coming off him in waves. He was a very wicked child. And the Lord was putting into my spirit. You see, Celestial, the parents of that boy are not his real parents. The father was not his biological father. The mother was not his biological mother. They had had the baby by IVF. They got someone else's sperm, someone else's eggs, fertilized and then implanted in the mother. So she gave birth naturally. She carried him, but that's where all familial ties, blood ties started and ended. She gave birth to a monster. And God was telling me the rule in that house, the little boy ate first, he finished his food. And when he left the table, then his parents were free to eat. And I said, it must have been some level of wicked in that child, telepathic, wicked paralysis, wicked. I was not given privy to that information, but I said, it must have been some level of wicked for an eight or nine year old to be able to control and make a grown man so afraid that he will sit at the table that the grown man bought with the grown man's money in the house that the grown man and woman are paying for. And both of them did not dare to eat their food until their son would be finished with the meal and leave the table. So God has already said, 
I have not told everybody that IVF is 100% like this, but the Lord has brought it out so often that I'm not going to make it seem as if it's not a very high, very large possibility. God says that you that are promiscuous now, you want to play the sexual roulette now, and you're freezing your eggs because you want time to YOLO and enjoy your best life and sow all the wild oats, men out there. God says that you will take your good eggs and your good sperm to the IVF places, and they will swap it over with what is dead, but they will also swap it over with what is alive, but wicked, the seed of the Nephilim. And he says that if you are promiscuous, your reward is that you will be grafted into the Nephilim bloodline when you give birth to, when you become the father of something that is not real, something that exists in spirit, something that defies the laws of this world and operates by stealth and craft. So I am Celestial and this is the master's voice. All of this information is a prophecy that the Lord gave to me just a day ago. It's called look to the past. Please make sure that you pause the video, you rewind it to listen to the part that you need to. Thank you for being with me. Share the, share the blog, share this truth, share these teachings with others. And until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.